Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Remember not, consider not, behold, perceive. This is a text which directs our attention. God's purpose in this text is to tell us what to look at, what to see, what to behold. His words here take hold of our heads and direct our gaze. Here God would bridle his people's hearts and minds and lead them to a very specific place. Hey, look at this. Ponder this. Hope in this. And the this is this. I am about to do a new thing. Now it sprouts forth. Oh, something new. That sounds pretty nice. Many people long for something new. I think we all long for something new. Oftentimes in a way that is really quite embarrassing. The way that we crave novelty. Trends in fashion, trends in music, trends in restaurants, trends in home decor, trends in automobiles, trends in education. Novelty oftentimes for the sake of novelty. Something new just because it's new. I am doing a new thing. Now it sprouts forth. With these words, God does not seek to further arouse our thirst for the merely novel, but God does promise us that he will quench our thirst for what is truly, genuinely, enduringly new. I am doing a new thing. Now it sprouts forth. Judah and Jerusalem desperately needed something new. They were rapidly approaching the end. Years of oppression and enslavement under Assyria, the rise of Babylon and the coming destruction and deportation of Judah. Years they would face, pining away in exile. Hope would dry up. Doom would be upon them. The nation would come to its very deathbed and to its grave. Soon there would be only one direction to look, backwards. By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. What has happened to us? How our sins have piled up and piled up. And at first, we did not think that they would sweep us away, but they piled up, and they piled up, and they began to weigh us down and billow darkly around. Our sins became ropes which bound us, encircling and entangling us like slaves, exiles. Our sins like ropes dangling from our necks, from our waists, from our feet, 
beckoning God's judgment to come and drag us away. What has happened to the baptized people of God? To those whom God led through the sea like a dear flock, as his firstborn son, as his own prized treasure. How have we so squandered God's grace? To hearts such as these, God speaks in this text. To the hearts which would weep in Babylon and in St. Louis. To those dismayed by the brokenness within themselves and around them. Disillusioned by the apathy, beaten down by the lovelessness, laid bare by the just accusations of God. To those who could look only backward to the mighty deeds of God. As stories to admire, records of a day gone by, testimony of a God who had once loved his people and come to them. To such as these, God declares, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am about to do a new thing. Now it sprouts forth. Do you not perceive it? The only God who long ago made a way for his people through the sea would once again, just as miraculously, prepare a way through the wilderness for them to return home from Babylon. The God who had turned the sea into dry land would turn the dry and arid wilderness into streams and pools of water. There, the people would renew their lives and their parched throats, quenched from these rivers, will once again declare God's praise. Proud Babylon will be toppled and Jerusalem, which Babylon had destroyed, will be raised up again and more. God's new thing promised in this text encompasses more than the B.C. return of the exiles. Isaiah 43 and the chapters which surround it anticipate a yet greater restoration of God's people when God himself will come to his people and lead them, blot out their transgressions, renew them and the whole creation forever. Ultimately, God's promise of a new thing here is fulfilled in Jesus Christ and in all which he has done. In Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of the Christ, there is a scene which I found very striking, deeply moving. Jesus is walking to Calvary. He's already been horribly beaten and bloodied. And on the way to Calvary, he stumbles under his cross. And his mother Mary comes running up to Jesus, intending to help him, to care for him like her little boy. But at just that moment in the film, the director avoids the temptation to turn Mary into the heroine. And instead, Jesus gathers his strength. And he looks into his mother's eyes. And there in the midst of his shame and lowliness, he says to her, I am making all things new. Here the screenwriters transplant a statement of Jesus from Revelation 21 and place it right there in the gospel narrative. But it makes for a poignant scene. And it is deeply true. 
Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it sprouts forth. Do you not perceive it? Read in the church at the end of Lent, our text becomes words of our Lord Jesus on his resolute path to the cross. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Ponder this. Perceive this. My doing, my suffering, my bleeding, my thirsting, my dying, my rising again. Focus on Jesus' doing. That sounds like a pretty obvious, plainly Lutheran message. But you know how hard it is for you to do. You and I tend to fixate on our own doing. We're like little children. Mom, watch this. Mom, look at me. Have you outgrown this? Or we tend to fixate on the failings of those around us, again, like little children. Dad, Jenny took my doll. As adults, we have more subtle and socially acceptable ways to gripe about people, but it's the same thing. The season of Lent takes hold of our heads and it directs our gaze. Behold, I am doing a new thing. The words of our Lord here bridle our hearts and minds. They lead us to a specific place, the cross of our Lord Jesus and his empty tomb. From this place, Righteousness sprouts forth. Joy sprouts forth. Praise and hope spring again into the arid places of our lives and the desolate places of the whole earth. No matter how hopeless your situation, no matter how dark your day, it is God's doing which has and which will restore you. The true and living God has not yet worked his last new thing. Jesus is about to come again. And with him, the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, dressed beautifully like a bride for her husband, a new heavens and a new earth, we will be glad and rejoice forever in what God creates The wild beasts, jackals, ostriches, all God's creatures will join us in his praise. God will dwell with man. He will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain. For the former things have passed away. And our Lord Jesus will declare on that day from his throne, Behold, I have done the new thing, and still it has just begun. Behold, I am he who makes all things new. Amen.